We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Oh, mama! What a play! Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the tailgate. Now, this is kind of a unique edition of the tailgate here on the Sooner Sports Podcast because typically Toby Rowland will join us on our early week edition of the Sooner Sports Podcast, but uh, with travel and – well, I guess I guess hypothetically, Toby, you were on the early week edition of the Sooner Sports Podcast because we re-aired the post-game show from the Rose Bowl, which I know we'll get into, but not a bad little basketball game to serve as a – as Lil' Anderson after a, a tough loss on, on Monday, was it, last night? That was fun. Uh, that was fun. There hasn't been one that hasn't been fun this year <laughs> uh, for Lon Kruger's guys. But, yeah, it got a little heated inside the Lloyd Noble Center on Wednesday night. The Sooners and Cowboys weren't getting along uh, all the time very well. And Oklahoma found a way to, to score triple digits again. So, a good win. They're two and zero. They're in their first place tie, two games into a conference race, and we got a big one coming up now on Saturday. And we got Kevin Henry coming up, so we're going to talk a lot about basketball here on the podcast today. But you know, the the common question I get, and I'm sure you get it quite a bit, is just Trey Young centered, and you know, we're going to talk to Kevin about it. But you know, I'm in awe, Tiro, of what he's already done, and I'm, I mean, I. Everyone expected him to be good. I don't know if everyone expected him to be this good this fast. No, I don't. I don't know that anybody did. I, I, uh, I don't. I don't know that Trey did. Maybe he did. I, I don't know if that's fair, but I can't imagine that anyone thought that he would put up these numbers. I've told this story uh, before, but I, in, before the season started, was asked 
what I thought he would do. And I said, and I thought incredibly boldly, that I think this kid could average 20 points a game as a freshman. <laughs> and I felt like well, I'm being, you know, going way out on the limb there because averaging 20 points a game is rarely done. Right. The second leading score right now in the Big 12 is at 17. And uh, I thought I was being, you know, a little bit cocky about how good I thought the kid was. And here he is at almost 30 points a game and doing things that have never been done before. I mean, the 12 straight games of 20-plus points, Stacy, Wayman, Alvin, Blake, Buddy, none of those guys ever did that. He's already seven times this year had games of 25 points and 10 assists. That's never been done before. Uh, he's on track to lead the nation in scoring and assists. I don't know if he'll end up doing it, but that's never been done in the history of college basketball. He can wow. pull that off. And um, it seems like every night we're saying something like that. This happened tonight that we've never seen before. He's on track to break this record. And, and most importantly, they're winning games. You know, it'd be one thing to put up big numbers and you're not, you know, you're not winning. But they're winning, they're rocketing up the rankings, and, and they're starting to gain a tremendous amount of confidence as a team. Hey, I'm glad you said that, too, because that's the little hidden beauty in this. I asked, uh, well, because I had talked to Kevin right before I talked to you, but whenever I interviewed Kevin, I said, is, is one of the more underrated storylines this year, Christian James, he goes, no, 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 it's not underrated at all because his team's really good around them. And I think I think he said this is the deepest team Lon Kruger has ever had. I mean, Lon Kruger's coached a lot of basketball, Toby. Yeah, that's what Lon says, that he's never had a, a team this deep. And he's continuing to use them. I thought he might tighten up the ranks a little bit when they got into conference play. And we'll see when it comes down the stretch if they do or not. But he's still throwing out there at least 10 and sometimes 11 and 12 bodies wow. a night in a rotation. And he's sticking to the rotation. If you watch it, it's a little bit like an NBA game, especially in the first half. Trey comes off the court at the same time every night. Uh, other guys sub in on the same order at the same time. And then he's not afraid in the second half to go with the hot hand. Uh, we saw Jamani McNeese play down the stretch in the TCU game because he was playing so well. So. It's fun to see everybody getting involved, everybody playing well, and feeding off of what Trey's doing. They realized early that this kid is special, and if I accept my role, we've got a chance as a team to do something really cool this year. And he's finding them in open spots. They're hitting shots. They're diving to the rim. They're dunking. They're running. They're blocking shots on the other end. They're having fun. And they have become the most enjoyable thing to watch in college basketball this season. Well, then obviously, Toby, from the excitement of what was an amazing college basketball run that continues Saturday night in Morgantown. Oh, bye. are you guys going to be okay? Is that snow getting up towards West Virginia? What's the travel look like on the East Coast? Is everything good? Oh, don't tell me that now. Come on. Um, <laughs> I, I think we're going to deal with severe cold. Okay. All right. I haven't heard anything about snow. So I'll, as soon as we're done here, I'll look into it. Okay. But I know it's supposed to be negative four oh Friday gosh. night. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, it's not. Going to Morgantown in basketball season is my least favorite <laughs> thing I do on the schedule every year. <laughs> and I love Morgantown. I really right. do. I, I It's an awesome town. But we have seemingly never had a good trip up there travel-wise during basketball season. So hopefully we can break the trend this year.
Boy, we didn't have weather problems on Monday night, but I don't. I think that's one that's going to sting for a while. But if if you didn't have a rooting interest in that game, that had to be something special to watch. But since we did, that was a that was a long plane ride back on Tuesday, wasn't it? Yeah, um, gut wrenching loss. Any way you would have lost that game would have been tough to handle. But I think what made it hard harder for everyone in Sooner Nation was the fact that you felt like you had it won on multiple occasions. When it's 31-14 in the first half, you felt like you had it won. When Stephen Parker had that scoop and score, you felt like you you had a pretty good chance. When they forced a field goal out of Georgia in the first overtime, it just seemed like the only way that the story could be written was that Baker would score a touchdown and, and be the hero. And uh, and then it didn't happen. Um, Sony Michelle ran into the end zone, and suddenly the reality sunk in that not only had he lost the football game, but that was the last time we'll see Baker Mayfield in the Sooner uniform. And you start looking around the field, that's the last time we'll see that guy, that guy, and that guy. And it was tough. That was a, a tough loss. An unbelievable football game. I've never... I don't, obviously, with the importance of it, never been a part of anything like that. And we had the double overtime game in Knoxville, but that was game two of a season. It was an important yeah. game, but this was a national semifinal. Chris, it felt like for about 20 to 30 minutes of real time, I t- somebody asked me about calling it, for about 20 or 30 minutes of real time, the thoughts went through my head on every snap this could be a play that lives forever. Don't screw it up. <laughs> Every snap for about 30 minutes. You know, it's just late in the fourth quarter. It's tied. We're into overtime. Every play, the thought goes through my head, don't screw this one up. This could be the one, you know? Yeah. So that, But that's the way everybody was feeling. You're on the edge of your seat. You're holding your breath. Every single snap for a half hour or so, maybe longer, you're wondering if this is the snap that's going to decide who goes to Atlanta. Uh, unfortunately, the, the key play came out on, on Georgia's side. You know, it's kind of crazy that you say that because on the sidelines, it got – and I'm glad you alluded to this on the broadcast. It got so crazy because usually bowl games are as, – as a sideline guy, you can ask Teddy, you can ask Dusty, you can go – you could probably ask Toby Rowland when he was down on the sidelines. Bowl games are usually the best because there's not always a lot of people on the sidelines. It's a little bit more like an NFL sideline on a bowl game where you have room and there's not uh, hundreds of, of uh, fans and donors, which is fine, but it just it makes it a little bit more challenging sometimes to do your job. That was the exact opposite with the Rose Bowl. It was insane how many people were on the sidelines from start to finish. And then Toby, with what is it, five minutes left in the game, they let the rest of the media down on the field, and you couldn't move. So, for instance, the uh, the Sony Michelle run, all I thought he was hemmed in. I really did. And then I heard your call, and I was like, what just happened? But everything seemed like it was in slow motion. You know, even the break, I listened back to some of our broadcast because I was putting together uh, the podcast on Tuesday or Monday night into Tuesday morning. And everything that I remember in my mind seeming like it was this in eternally long pause, it was just seconds. You know, and that just that kind of shows you just how amazing that atmosphere and that moment was. And I, I know we'll never forget it, Toby, but 
boy, it's been hard not to lament just how close this team was. It seems odd that we're not planning for a, a trip to Atlanta, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's a shame, uh, really. And, and they gave us so many great moments this year and so many great moments on Monday night, and it feels like they deserve to be there. But, um, you know, it's really it's really hard once you get this far. Yeah. Everybody is an extraordinary football team. And you make one mistake here or, or one mistake there, and it, it costs you. And uh, you could literally point to probably 10 plays in that game and say if, if they had hit that wheel route, ball game. Oh, yeah, if they had absolutely. That down, ball game. Or if they hadn't kicked it right to the guy on the front line, ball game. You know, it's like <laughs> yeah. 10 different plays where Oklahoma wins it if this just one more play happened. But um, it didn't, and you got nine months now to deal with it. And before we know it, we'll be excited about the spring game rolling around and trying to pursue it again next year. But uh, it was an awesome, awesome season and a tremendous football game that Oklahoma unfortunately came up on the short end. You know what, and, and I'll, I'll leave you on this, and I, and I think you feel the same way. Yeah, I know there's frustrated fans. I know there's angry fans. But I've kind of dug in listening to your show, and we both do radio shows and listening to Ted's shows. While there's frustration, there still is this sense of appreciation. And I hope that's what continues to grow for this team. Obviously, the missed opportunities hurt right now. But, Toby, the appreciation for what this team and what this class has been able to do. And let's not – they transitioned from a coach who had been there since 1999 to a guy that was a first-year head coach. I mean, all the change that took place for this team is still to end up in that position and that situation and all the memories – uh, a pretty special group. I've I've dug how the appreciation has been there here early on, despite the hurt. Oh yeah, yeah. I I I, I think that people uh, are disappointed and, and hurt and should be. I mean, that's that's part of why it means so much. Oklahoma football means so much. But I think as time passes, that uh, this will be looked at at as one of the favorite years in Sooner football history. Um, you know, the change that happened before kind of rocked everybody yep. with Bob stepping aside. And, and then you started to evaluate the team, and you said, well, Baker's coming back. That's great, but no Westbrook, no Mixon, no P. Ryan. What, you know, how are they going to deal on offense without all these stars? And for them to put together and, and to go up at Columbus and win, uh, for them to rally after the Iowa State loss and run the table and win the Big 12 championship and then end up in this epic Rose Bowl that, you know, I saw a ranking uh, online today that ranked it the second best Rose Bowl of all time behind the Texas USC National Championship game. Wow. Uh, the moments that Baker gave us, um, you know, even even the flag plant, you know, which is a favorite around here, to play on the field, uh, it, it will in time live as, I think, one of the favorite OU football seasons of all time. Even though it doesn't result in a national championship, it, it will go down as that. A Heisman Trophy was won this year. Uh, a conference crown was won this year. And uh, a new head coach debuted this year, and it looks like he's going to be a pretty good one. i got to get to seatbelt, Henry, uh, Toby. Thanks for your time as always, <laughs> man. And uh, we'll look forward to talking to you next week. All right. Thanks, Chris. Young. Angles left, step back, shovels to the cutter. It's knocked away. He got it back. 
dumps low. Latin kick corner. Manic three. Goal! Oh, yeah! So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, he is the analyst on the OU radio network for basketball, Kevin Henry. He gets as, as excited as I do. And that's probably why he's earned the nickname Seatbelt, because he wants to jump out of his seat. He wants to pump his fist. He's right there being a fan with all of us. And, uh, boy, got a little physical between Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. Kevin, love to see the way that Oklahoma responded against Oklahoma State. Well, they did, Chris, and it's, it's great to join you. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, what a game. I mean, the, the guys came out hard. And that's how you have to play two games in this tough league. Um, you got to play with confidence. You got to play with some fire behind you. And our guys are playing like that. I mean, it's, again, it starts with Trey and the things that he's doing. But just look around. Look at the confidence that, that people like Brady Mannix playing with. Christian James has bounced back and is having a great year. And and how about Cam Mcgusty coming off the bench? And when you have Cam Mcgusty as your sixth man, you have a chance to have a special team. So um, the guys are playing fantastic it's so fun to watch and it's that fire that that they have to play with uh to compete not only with uh teams in this conference but just you know teams around the country that we look forward to playing you know it's interesting for those who don't know kevin was a standout basketball player one of the all-time greats uh, as far as three-point shootings concerned and just basketball in general for uh, new mexico and the lobos but I'm curious, when you have a situation where a team decides, hey, we're going to try to get under this guy's skin, how challenging can that be to keep your cool? And with that said, how impressed were you how the Sooners handled it last night? Oh, I mean, that's what a lot of teams are going to try to do. I'm surprised they haven't done it earlier, uh, with, especially with Trey. Being a freshman and, and being a little guy guard down there and, and just uh, the way he plays as fast as he plays down the court, I'm surprised that teams haven't gone to that strategy earlier but here's the thing when I get up on him right you right. want to get up and body him a little bit and things like that, but he's so fast and he has so many different moves to go to if you get up on him he's just going to go right around you and if you're not fast you'll stick a leg out and you'll trip him and it'll be a foul or you'll stick an arm out and Trey's really good at selling that foul like he'll throw his head and neck back like he's like got whiplash or something like that and he gets the foul call and uh, he, he'll go right around you. So then what do you do? You want to back up. You don't want to get in any more foul trouble. You don't want to, you know, do those sorts, sorts of things. So you back up, and when you back up, he's at, standing at 30 to 35 feet, and he fires one in your face, and he nails it. So it's, it's not a lot that you can do. He just, as a defender, you just kind of put your hands up and say, Coach, what do you want, what do you want me to do? You know what's kind of interesting is how Lon Kruger has decided to use both Jamani McNeese and Kadeem Latin. Uh, Kadeem played a few more minutes last night. Uh, Jamani played a few more minutes on Saturday. Is that going to be a stylistic decision, or is that going to be a hot hand decision, you think, Kevin, whenever it's uh, coming down to who's going to be on the court more between McNeese and Latin? Well, I think it's a, it's, it's a little of both. Okay. Um, depends on the, the game. Uh, you'll, have, you'll have games where – Kadeem will kind of fit the game a little bit better, more of a skilled uh, post player down there. But then you'll have games where you need Jamani's unbelievable athleticism. And not that Kadeem's not athletic, but there's just not many people in the world that can jump and do the things down there that Jamani Manese can do. And so if you can get uh, some productivity out of both of those guys combined, when, you know, what, what the Sooners are doing, they're using both players as one. So when you need this, you go with this one, that you go with that one. And it's not like you have a, a starting 
player, then you have a guy that comes off the bench. You have guys that – because Jermoney finished the game at TCU, and he rebounded the ball well. So, I mean, he played starter-type minutes down the stretch. And, you know, a lot of it has to do with foul trouble. Kadeem's gotten himself in foul trouble quite a bit, um, you know, last season and even early in this season. He's been in foul trouble before, so that's kind of a, uh, a thorn in his side. So, But what it does is it gives guys like Jermoney a chance to really get better and get some experience. And Jermoney, a lot of people don't know, he didn't play high school basketball as a freshman. I mean, I think he was like 5'7 or 5'8 or something like that. And then he finally grew. He grew a foot or something like that over the next few years in high school and got good and then got started getting recruited a little bit and comes here in red shirts and then just kind of just keeps getting better and better and better. So his best basketball is ahead of him. And, and don't leave out Hannes Pola. I yeah. mean, Hannes is able to go in there and play a little bit. It was fun to see him get some minutes in the first half of some of the games that we've had. And I think he's going to be a big part of this team down the line because you need to have a big, strong body like his. I mean, to be 6'11 and 275, 280, whatever he is, I mean, just not a lot of teams have that, and the Sooners haven't had a guy like him since probably Kevin Bookout. So it's uh, it's fun to watch him develop and improve, and I think he's going to be fantastic for him down the road. Hey, Kevin, I know uh, you're a solid basketball mind, and you study this team quite a bit. Uh, I'm not. I like to act like it. I play one on radio and on podcast. <laughs> but with that said, it just seems as if Lon Kruger and this staff have a lot of different pieces to play about any style necessary. And that's the thing that, again, it's it's a pretty deep team, but also in that it's, it's a versatile team. Is that a fair assessment? Well, here's, here's what I would say. Um, it starts with the depth. We have more depth. This team has more depth to it than any team Lon Kruger's coached, not just at OU. Any team he's ever coached. I mean, it is, and we talked about it on the broadcast last night a little bit because he's going, you know, nine, ten, eleven deep in the first half of every basketball. He hasn't changed his rotation one bit. And uh, teams when they get to conference, a lot of coaches try to shrink their rotation and let's let's stick with these seven, six or seven, maybe eight guys. Lon's, he, he wants to go 11 deep, and he's got 11 guys that can play. We saw Ty Lazenby come off the bench last night and give some really good minutes um, and do some, some good stuff out there that he hasn't done as much before. Um, so it's just it's interesting to watch these guys continue to play, not shrinking their lineup, not shrinking the, the, the rotation at all, and just continue to play. And that kind of rolls into how they want to play. So you, you talk about style. Lon wants to get him down the floor and play fast, and he wants to play fast. And what better point guard to have than Trey to do that with? And so he's able to push the ball down the floor and play as fast as he can. And what teams – here's the mistake that teams make. I think they want to come in and tra- press us and trap and things like that, but such a good point guard that he's able to find people. When Oakland ran two players at him, I thought, well, if you speed Trey up, and you get him driven with his head down, then maybe that's a good idea to kind of surprise trap him or something like that. But if Trey's kind of you know walking across or, or you know half speed coming across half court and you run a guy at him, he's got his head up, he's leading the country in assists, he's going to find the open man. So all you have to do is just throw over the person that runs at him. So that wasn't a very good strategy to me by Oklahoma State. You know, so if I'm if I'm playing the, the Sooners, I'm going to try to slow this thing down, get those guys out of their game plan and play my own game plan, which is the opposite of playing fast, because you're right. They have so many weapons. They're able to flat on the floor, and no matter who catches it and no matter where they catch it, they're in scoring range. 
Which is why Saturday night is going to be so interesting because of the style that Bob Huggins and West Virginia has uh, consistently played. I'll, I'll let you go on this, Kevin, because I know you're busy, and I've delayed the inevitable. But how, I mean, impressed, I don't even know if surprised is a word, but to see Trey Young playing at this level and the comfort with which he's playing with, what can we attest that to? What has made him be able to adapt so quickly at the next level? Well, I'll tell you what, He's here's what – it boils down to this. I don't think anybody expected him to do the things that he's doing, obviously. Um, I have a buddy of mine up in Edmond that said he's the only guy that I talked to that said Trey Young is going to average 27 points a game. And I said, get out of here. You know, he's good. He's, I don't know if he's going to do that. Sure enough, I mean, that, lo and behold, that kid's leading the country in scoring and assists and just doing unbelievable things out there on the basketball court. But what he's done is he has not changed his game one bit. High school – I don't care, four-star, five-star, doesn't matter. All-American, doesn't matter. When you get to the college game, a lot of guys, they, they change their game just a little bit, and coaches try to tighten them up and things like that. Trey has played the same exact way. I watched him play a little bit in high school, and now he's here. He's, he hasn't changed one bit. So I'm not sure it's one of those things where you say, you know, I didn't expect him to do this, because if you watched him play, it doesn't surprise you. Now, the thing is, he's he's doing it at this level. It's a once in a generational type player he is and the things that he's doing have have never been done before i mean there's you know to have 25 and 10 and you know six games or whatever else i mean that's the last guy to do that in six games did it you know 25 years ago and he did it in his senior season trey's done in his first 10 or 12 games i mean it's just unbelievable you can go down the list of of all the stats and stuff that get put out and things like mind-boggling how he's broken the mold college basketball and and just more power to him and i give the coaching staff Lon, a, a ton of credit because you know what put in the ball give him the keys and said hey here's what we want to do here's how we want to play watch this film here's what we want to do and they just said go with it and go do it and do your thing and, and and trey's doing it and we're having some success so as tough as this league is the way he's playing the schedule that we've played it's amazing now it gets tougher west virginia tried all their tricks and huggins is going to do all this stuff to stop him and, and then we got Texas Tech, who, you know, everybody saw them go up to Lawrence and win at Kansas. I mean, so the next two games are going to be tough, and it just doesn't get any easier in the Big 12. But, you know, for Trey and these guys to do their do their thing out there, it's just it's a, it's fun to watch. It's a great team. Long season ahead of us. Don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Right. Any, but uh, got a chance to be special. Oh, hey, underrated storyline, the emergence of Christian James this year and his resurgence. Is that underrated? Well, he's no, – no, it's not at all. I mean – we could play. He did it two years ago when he was Very a freshman true. playing with those other guys. And so last year he had a, went into a little slump, got taken out of the starting lineup, and, and Cam Mcgusty emerged. And so whenever I, I tell you, man, whenever you're out there playing, you, you got a lot of stuff going in your head. And and think about everything through his head. He's supposed to be the next Buddy Hill, and then he gets hooked. And so I mean that's that's the highest you know accolades that you can get. And then all of a sudden you're not get your spot taken. So. Um, he's had a lot of stuff go through his head, but he's worked his way back into the lineup. Every time I go to the gym, he's in there shooting and working on his game, and, and he's he's earned it. Now, Cam was that guy last year, and then he's gotten his spot taken. Now he's on the bench, but look what Cam's doing. So, I mean, that just shows you how deep this team is. And I tell you, if you want to compete and you want to, if, if you're worth your salt as a player, you come to Oklahoma because you're not only going to compete against the best, you're going to play and be coached by the best, and that's going to make you a better player. 
Great stuff. And maybe I should have said underappreciated instead of underrated because I hope fans really appreciate what Christian James is doing this year. You're the man, Kevin. Uh, it was good to see you down at Pasadena and always good to listen to you. I told Toby I listened to the whole broadcast last night driving back from Tulsa and can't wait to listen to you guys Saturday night in Morgantown. Good, Chris. We'll see you, man. Thanks for having me. All right, you're the best. Kevin Henry. I truly dig the man. Uh, great family, awesome kids, and truly a blessing for the University of Oklahoma. Kevin Henry. Thanks to Toby Rowland. Thanks to Kevin Henry. Hey, thanks to you, as always, for downloading, listening, and subscribing to the Sooner Sports Podcast. Busy episode set for next week. We'll start looking ahead to some baseball and softball as well, too, over the next few weeks as we flip the calendar to 2018 and we get set for some diamond sports. But until then, enjoy Sooner Hoops. Make sure you get your tickets now. You don't want to miss the Trey Young Show, and you sure as heck don't want to miss Sherry Cole's crew as they start getting hot in the middle of college of college basketball conference season. So have a great week. Thanks to our sponsors, Allstate and the Riverwind Resort. And until next week, Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.